0: Hello, once again, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of AIW's The Card is Going to Change. Before we get into this week's episode, of course, a shout out to our sponsors that help us bring the show to you for free each and every week on whichever platform you choose to listen. Thanks to Angelo's Pizza. We're still in uncertain times, but they are allowing you to dine in at a socially distanced manner uh, safely, of course. And of course, they do have... Uh, pickup, and delivery, so make sure that you check out the award-winning Angelo's Pizza on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. Thanks to uh, Pollyanna DIY, the new new Ohio resident still at this point, and uh, he's still got some merchandise there that you can purchase. Uh, we still don't know if he's doing anything new, but check out uh, stuff that he's got available. And thanks, of course, to Smartmark Video and IWTV. The merger between the two has made it Easier like never before to watch AIW. You can buy DVDs and uh, digital downloads via smartmarkvideo.com. They've got the entire AIW archive there. And you can sign up using the code ABSOLUTE on independentwrestling.tv and get yourself a five-day free trial. IWTV is loaded not just with a rotating archive of AIW shows, but so many other independent wrestling promotions as well. And with that, we get into this week's show. Uh, we're joined by John Thorne, AIW owner. Yeah, I'm my, lounging, I'm sleeping. <laughs> my name is Steve Guy, your moderator of swords. We are, uh, you know, full disclosure, where we are hanging out in a hotel room the day after. Uh, Thunder in Indianapolis from the collective and uh, we are sitting here with a guy who is he got beat up last night but uh we celebrated his one year anniversary in aiw a couple months ago Bill Fonzi Alfonso
1: hey thanks daddy for having me on the show again what
0: took you so long it's been a year it's been well you know we didn't have a show there for like six months or something Fonz. This is true. <laughs> The last time we had you on the show, it was only your second time at AIW ever, and we hadn't even done the show yet. Your boy Raven did a drop in and snuck in and started talking to us, and we, we got to talk uh, all about your your history, but now your history for the better part of the year is is AIW. What's that felt
1: like? Oh, it felt really, really good, but it uh, felt really good this year. just flew by. And, uh, but what happened last night at this big uh, show is I got too laxed. And just like Jack Briscoe, just like Dusty Rose, just like Harley Race, just like Ric Flair, uh, Matthew Justice dropped the title to Josh, this new big blonde kid. He's uh, really good. We got a little lax so – uh, that's gonna stir things up. I'm. Uh, I got excited after we lost the match. I couldn't believe it, but I uh, got a little excited, and I got some good plans for the future here. I just signed another one-year verbal contract with AIW. I'm really happy about that. I'm probably the happiest guy in AIW. Uh, <laughs> that, no, that's real. that's
2: that's for real. I think. Uh, yeah, I think you are the. I think you're the happiest man on earth, to be
1: perfectly honest, Fonzie. Well, I, I feel really good. So what I'm saying is things are gonna change up a little bit. I got lax. Um, I'm not gonna let my guard down again, and I got some plans coming up, and uh, it's gonna
0: be exciting. You, you've built. Uh, not only is your guy that you manage, uh, in Matthew Justice, had this ongoing rivalry with Joshua Bishop. But through that, you have developed this ongoing rivalry that people keep their eyes on on the outside with Wes Barkley. Yeah, Wes Barkley, he's badass. He reminds me of
1: Beulah because uh, <laughs> I think at the tail end of this uh, my run with Josh and uh, Matthew Justice, I'm going to get into it with uh, West, And I got a feeling it's going to be pretty cool. He's getting on your nerves a little bit? No, but uh, well, hey, the people want to see us together. The people want to see us fight. The people want to see us do something. We've done so much here and there. I'll put his ass through a table, broke three ribs. He put me through a table. I think my nose is broke. Uh, so let's see what happens next.
2: All right. That's fair enough. Uh, so, Fonzie, that's kind of, you know, we can bounce all over on this, but... Uh... You know, you you really took to the A.I.W. culture pretty quickly and started fitting in. And uh, you know, what were your first experiences when you you know when you came in and you know like your first impression and all that?
1: My first impression was like uh, a young ECW. I was pleasantly surprised to see how the company was ran, see how hard the guys work, see see how A.I.W. is a family, a team uh everybody's real cool everybody works hard man i, I was really impressed and, and happy that i i uh um signed with you guys uh yeah because you know if you re- if you recall i booked you with like
2: just a couple days notice you know and i think you thought that it was a rib or something you know and you're like uh, I, I offered you the date of, i think it was august 2nd and
1: uh that's the date yep it, august 2nd
2: and uh you're like that's next week, Daddy, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. He's like, you're gonna fly me, and I was like, yeah. He's like, I, I think that you thought that it was a rib, like it wasn't gonna work. You know, you were kind of you, you were really hesitant, and I'm sure you've probably been burned like that before on stuff, which is rightfully so to be hesitant. But uh, I just I always thought that was funny that you were just like, I don't know, you know, that, that's next week.
1: <laughs> well, You know, in these scenes, I, I've. I just recently started working in these, uh, I guess, the last couple of years. I t- took some time off. Uh, but, you know, after working for the big major companies and then starting working for the indies, I like I said, I was pleasantly surprised, though, when I got here.
0: Yeah, you uh, one of your concerns. And
1: I fit right in. Seems like you I fit did. right in. You did. That
0: was one of your big concerns. I remember talking to you back then, uh, August 2nd, in 2019, and you were really worried about, you know, when you come out, is there going to be any sort of reaction? Will this audience care that you are there, and will they know you? And they did. They were pumped when I'm you not came a out. A bad for the first guy time. or a good guy. I'm
1: kind of beloved by the people. I guess I got a history in the wrestling business, and some people say legendary. I say I'm a legend in my own mind. But uh, <laughs> no, for real, the, the people seem to like me. Generally lo- uh, like having me, and I think I, I fit in as a good part of a package here
2: yeah absolutely. but I think you know that day, that first day, you were maybe a little self-conscious like I don't know, you know like what you, like I'm not advertised like I, you know you were very uh, I don't know like second guessing if people were gonna know who you were and I think once you came through that curtain and you got the reaction, I think you understood what we were trying to do.
1: Yeah, that that was all you guys. You knew what was going to happen. You knew the reaction, but I didn't. So uh, the, here it goes again. I was pleasantly surprised by getting a pop, and and the, and I still get a good reception uh, from the people.
0: Did Did you get a little bit of like a a rush of of emotion? Well, I mean, like a shot of adrenaline when you came and you you heard that reaction. I get, that, a, reaction? Oh, you know, I get a,
1: that shot. I get nervous if I go through the curtain at Madison Square Gardens or. If I go through a curtain for AIW in Cleveland, I, it's always that same nervousness. You know, then it went away and I felt comfortable. I fit right
0: in. Yeah, and then then the next time, I mean, you you were part of right off the rip. You're part of two of our uh, wilder shows of the year because you did Absolution and then you did Wrestle Rager, the outdoor show. And, at the bar, at the bar, yeah, that back the to bar.
1: back outside, yeah, uh, tables and lines and chairs, oh my, light <laughs> bulbs, it was crazy. But again, I fit right in, I, you know. I fit do you, right like, in. Like,
2: do you think you know? And this is uh, this is you know not a knock or anything like that, but like, do you almost like you know, does it like rejuvenate you and give you like a like a jolt of like youthfulness being around all these young guys because like. You got, it's like, you got more energy than everybody. And it seems like it, it, you know, when you're around, it it, it turns up even more. Cause you know, I talked to you on the phone and you got energy, but then like, when you're around, you're like amped up, ready to go. Everybody, like you're giving people speeches and talking to people and like, uh, you know, do you think like, it just gives you like that. That just you know, I don't know. I, I don't even know how to explain it. But. I
1: hear what you're saying exactly, and it does give me rejuvenation. and And it's like when, when I broke into business, uh, my first full time job, 1980, May of 1980, Florida Championship Wrestling, um, and I had all these guys talking to me, just like I talked to all these young kids. So it's like passing it on, and I've been through a lot. So uh, and these guys. It's not that I'm telling stories. I'm trying to give advice, and guys come up to me and ask me all kind of questions. Hey, watch my match. What do you think? Do you like the gimmick? Do you like the color? And and I just uh, go go with it.
2: Do you think you know? Do you think that?
1: And I love it, John Thorne. I well, love it. It's good. It keeps me relevant in, in the business, and keeps me relevant. I, I like. I I love the business. Like all three of us in this room. I love the business. Like everybody listening to this podcast. They love the business just like us.
2: Yeah. And, you know, do you, but do you think that that is, you know, like you said, you you know, when you were in 1980, all these guys were giving you advice and you're asking questions. And I, you know, I feel, and this is why, you know, I, I really like, you know, bringing guys in that have been around. Like, I feel like it's a lost art that, there's not a lot of guys that can give that sort of feedback and then you know obviously you have to take that advice and mold it into the current landscape of the business but do you you know do you think that that's somewhat of like a lost thing because there's just you know there's not a lot of guys unfortunately around from those eras and those territory days and this is how it worked and this is what works
1: the last of that era like the territories and the you know i did the first monday night raw that was freaking 30 20 something years ago it was crazy 30 years ago i
2: think at this point almost
0: 30 yeah was was uh was it in 93
2: yeah yeah i think so 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 close to 30 years the
0: last of me are like the jj dillons and
1: barry windhams and uh, before me was the dusties and that i came right in um at the peak of dusty's career and all that so uh, I've been through a bunch of generations of wrestling, man. It's crazy.
2: And do you and do you
1: like giving the
2: advice and kind of you know trying Absolutely. to pass that on, pass Absolutely. knowledge on? Yeah, I
1: like it. Keeps me relevant. Keeps my mind sharp. Uh, keeps me uh, up to date. You know, uh, working around. And this isn't the only company I, I work for. I, uh, there's a few companies around the country that I work for, and it's the same thing over there. There's, it's a, You said it was a lost art, and it is. I bring it into the dressing room wherever I go, uh, because it's all young guys and they really haven't. There's no place for them to work. There's no territory, so right. they can't get experience and working an indie show uh, once or twice a month. You know, it's tough for those guys, so they like uh, getting the advice and stories. And speaking of like you're being around a lot, and you
2: know, before the pandemic hit and everything, we had established what is known as like the Fonzie feel out. And that's when we bring a legend in, and then Fonzie knows. We know Fonzie knows every single legend at some personal (laughs) level. And then, uh, you know, like, uh, for example, when we had the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase in.
1: Great to see Ted.
2: And you were like, is he going to work? What's he going to do? And I said, no, he just wants to sign nothing physical and you're like ah let me go feel them out and you're just like and, and you know you can explain it but you know you, you went you went over there and you started kind of finessing them up a little bit for us
1: yeah I try to get as much as we can hey I'm a company guy I'm a player I'm part of this company so I want to entertain the people I want to get as much as well, look we paid them big money to come in and sign autographs I don't mind if he gets in the ring and takes a little bump or does a little something to entertain the people. That's what it's all about.
2: But, like, that's what, you know, because when I talked to him, it was like, you know, I just signed. I don't do anything in the ring. And then, you know, Fonzie, you kind of went over there, and you kind of, like you know psychologically got into his brain yeah. a little bit and then all of a sudden did you do it's something
1: that night yeah you did. yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Okay. All, all of a sudden it's yeah.
1: my keep here yeah all yeah. of a sudden really cool.
2: all of a sudden it's uh
1: they're not uh, unapproachable you know i've known these guys for years so it's really easy for me to go up and start you know filling them out and talk to them and uh, i get a good vibe and they usually i think one of the only guys that didn't want to get in the ring um i'll tell you who he is one of the big stars you brought in he said, "No, I don't do that, Fonzie." He said, oh, "Like it was, I can't." Uh, damn, who was that? Was it Scott? No, Scott did. That's some, Kevin Nash. Okay, uh, yes. Oh, oh, yeah, Nash. Kevin, Kevin didn't do anything. Kevin didn't, didn't do anything just came at all. Yeah. Sign autographs. What does you know? That's cool. Yeah, Scott did a promo. That's what we paid him for.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, like, it's called, like, the Fonzie feel out amongst us because you kind of go over there and you feel them out, and then you come back and you give me a little bro. You're like, ah, yeah, he's in a real good mood. He's in a good mood, you know? Well, like- they
1: actually want to do something, but, you know, they feel like they shouldn't because they're coming in to do the autograph thing and they don't have to. But believe me, in the back of their mind they'd like to get that power you know but like what especially when we put him over you know and like come what, in here and beat what, him up we, we, we give him a spot and get him over right right and, uh,
2: and what was great about the million dollar man thing is all we wanted him to do we didn't even want him to bump we just wanted him to like put the million dollar dream on or do something but you had felt him out so good and had him in such a good mood and put us over so much all of a sudden you know he was just like uh he he had duke in the million dollar dream and he's a you know, he just says, you know, come with me or something like that. And he took a big old Russian leg sweep bump with the Duke, you know, and yeah. big, got a big pop. So, you you know, you had Ted really feeling it that night.
1: Well, I'm, I'm doing my job, Daddy. I, I enjoy it, man.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think it's one of those things where with these, these guys come in and they don't necessarily know that you're going to be there right away, but then they see how comfortable you are here and how – it just feels like you're at home. That all of a sudden, this other level of comfort comes over them, and uh, it, it's just like, oh yeah, this is gonna be okay. Because I feel every every dude gets so excited. I mean, even Scott Hall, when he found out that you were here, he's like, oh, well, Fonzie's here. <laughs> like, yeah, Fonzie's here. How,
2: and like, how long do you have you known Scott Hall? You think?
1: <laughs> well, I'd say. <sighs> Very early 80s. He broke in. They trained him in Florida, Matsuda, Dusty, Eddie Graham, and all that. So I go way back with him. Uh, I'd say it was early 80s, and I've worked with him in all the companies, WCW, WWF. Yeah, so ECW? ECW. I mean, he might have came in and did some stuff with us there. He
2: did He, he did like a weekend
0: at ECW or something, yeah, I think. Yeah,
1: we've always brought, uh, uh, just like you, bring in some big names.
0: Yes, yeah, so, I mean, that's like 40 years that you've known him. And so, that's what I mean. These guys come it's in. It's crazy
1: when you said forty years, man. It's crazy. I'm the senior in the dressing room. Who would ever believe that? I, I would have never uh, thought I'd be the senior. Yep. I was the oldest guy in the dressing room. Hey, we had lunch today, and you told you ordered a beer for the big stud. And uh, For the
0: Duke. Yeah, yeah
1: for, for Big Duke, and he said, "Oh, he's oh, he's f- at least fifty. He's real low. So I'm fucking sixty three, Daddy. <laughs> I'm a senior man." It's
2: yeah, but you get you got the energy of a thirteen year old though.
1: Kinda, I guess.
2: Yeah. I
0: don't even drink coffee. Can you imagine? You know, you know, what was really fun to see you with over the last year is when uh, when Scorp came in. For that December show. Seen him last night. Yeah, he's here last night. But you you and Scorpio, were, it's like it was like two peas in a pod Man, hanging out you, that night. You, uh, w- when you meet and work with guys, you guys know this, and you don't see one of
1: the boys for a year, you just pick up right where you left off. I spent every weekend with 2Code for five years at ECW. We just uh, had a ball. Made money, had a good time, traveled together, everything.
2: Yeah, it was good it was, it was good to see him I saw you chatting up Ricky Morton last night a lot too. I haven't
1: seen Ricky in a long time and just like uh um everybody else we just picked up where we left off and it was crazy it was good we couldn't stop talking man
2: that's what's that's what's great about wrestling it, it really is is like you could go years and years and years without seeing somebody and then all of a sudden it's just like it, it's just this weird thing that's unexplainable where you just see your, it's like you just see your good friend for the first time in 10 years.
0: Yeah, it's it is a testament to you too. I think for our for our guys, they get excited to see how excited these guys, other guys, like the older the veterans, come in, and and they see you, and then our guys are like,
1: man, well, two cold it's Scorpios. got all these guys are so gets me excited. Yeah, to get you guys excited, to get the superstars that you bring excited. <laughs> so it's crazy. I love coming to John Thorne and say, hey, I talked to him. He's excited. He'll do a little spot. That makes, you know, that's I, I
0: feel, that's pretty cool when we do stuff like that. Yeah, and I and I hope that we don't, and none of our guys do, and our, and I hope that our, our fans don't kind of uh, take, uh, and, you know, t- if I say take for granted, that sounds negative, but I don't want that to happen. But sometimes it feels like like Fonzie is so AIW and so home here that it's funny it's like second these, nature like yeah it, it's, and then when these other guys come in you're like oh yeah Fonzie had a life before AIW like he didn't belong to AIW for the last 30 years he did all this other cool stuff and it's like oh that guy knows our guy like that's crazy but
1: yeah, it, it's been nothing but greatness for me here I love this company I told you guys I'm the happiest guy in AIW not because I resigned for another year but you know I just like the company we're a family it's pretty cool yeah, and you hang
2: out, and you, you know, you, you party with all these young guys, and stay up till fucking five o'clock in the morning, and you know, it's like you, you're the last, you're the first one up in the morning, and the last one to go to bed, you know, when the when the party ends.
1: Daddy, I haven't slept since 1982. <laughs> I, I believe that. I believe that. <laughs>
2: So let's you know let's talk about like a a little bit more about your you know just experiences in AIW and your evolution of of fitting in you know and like how you clicked with Matthew Justice what did you what did you think and like how is you know how is that kind of developed for you because Matthew
1: when I met Matthew Justice he told me he developed his characters two favorite guys was Sabu and RVD lucky me right so I fit right in uh, I thought he was great I. Think he's your RVD now. This new kid—he's not new here, but Josh Bishop, 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 yeah, Josh—he's badass. He's another big uh, A.I.W. superstar. Uh, But I thought for this whole last year that I've been here that Matthew Justice is the RVD, you know, to uh, to A.I.W. Yeah, I absolutely, and you know, like how. And I couldn't have been put with nobody else to get over. You guys put me with him, and we just clicked really good, and the people accepted it. If you would have put me with anybody else, I don't think I'd still be here today, talking with you guys a year and two months later.
2: Yeah, I think that you know, since he was such a big ECW fan, and like there was just so much chemistry there, right, right off the bat, for you guys, and uh, it's just it's just added such a interesting dynamic and more depth to what he was doing but you know i just think that uh it just honestly you're right it, it couldn't have been it couldn't have worked out better
1: i i agree what do you think
0: steve i mean yeah i, I love it i love it to this day i uh,
1: get nervous sometimes because matthew justice takes such a beating he's so hardcore man what the human body can take i, I don't know i just seen uh you know, Rocky Johnson passed away, and i have seen Hulk Hogan. We were at the funeral, and he said, Fonzie, I'm going for my 11th back hip operation. It's crazy. Uh-huh. And, you know, I just get worried about Matthew Justice taking all those crazy tear shots. and Yeah, I tell him to stop maybe. that stuff. I tell him to stop that stuff,
0: and he it's just doesn't our it blood, much. man. It's hard. But this, this is stuff that your guys, your, your boys Sebu and RBD, were doing years and years ago, but I guess... You didn't know then what you know now about it. You know, does that... Does right, that- well,
1: all the concussions and stuff in the football and, and and all these sports have come out in the last 10 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and this has been a lot of problems. So believe me, that's always in the back of my mind. For my own sake, too, for my body, too, I get abused. Uh, uh, not as much as the guys, but, man, I think you're beaten. Yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm 63, so I got to watch my P's and Q's, daddy.
2: Absolutely. You took a beating last night. You Went through the table.
1: Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't go through the table You did go through I, the table. Yeah, you kind of I, took a I beating. I got my ass whipped a little bit, but I recovered fortunately. I got good genetics or something and I, my body uh is pretty uh, uh comes back pretty good. So,
0: yeah, you you're Sixty-three years old, but you're pretty spry for being sixty-three years old, man. I know the the moment for the very first time that you were hanging over upside down from the top ropes to hold a chair for Matthew Justice to go coast to coast. Oh yeah, I love that spot. Yeah, and everybody's like, "What in the hell is Fonzie's doing?" I mean, this doesn't
1: now? make no sense, but it gives me something to do. <laughs> it's kind of entertaining, <laughs> and, you
0: know. No, it works, man. It works. It works. It is. it It's great. But people-
1: I guess that's why the AIW fans like me a little bit because I go all out of balls, all out. You know. Yeah. I don't mind getting, uh, getting in a mix of things.
0: Yeah, they love that. The moment they hear that whistle, now some of them, some of them are Joshua Bishop fans. It turns out, and they don't like the whistle because of what they relate it to. But uh, yeah, what are? Do you have favorite moments in the last year? every time
1: i come up here is one of my favorite moments daddy every time that was an easy easy answer no it's real easy <laughs> it's real easy this company is keeping me relevant and, and i love it it's just a lot of fun for me i hardly ever get hurt i come in here and have a good time hang out with the guys we go out eat we
0: entertain the people it's pretty cool daddy to be funzy right now It is pretty cool to be Fonzie right now. Yeah, we even had you come in for a show where Matthew Justice uh, was—he was overseas, and just you just rolled in. We did the Fonzie meet and greet, and what was that in February, John?
2: Yeah, February.
0: And uh, you did—you got some juice though. Wes and Josh beat you up. Remember that one in the ring? Yeah,
1: that's the history between me and Wes. We're settled that one. Enough.
0: (laughs) (laughs) no. No, he's
1: got it coming. Well, the people want to see us do something. I would think, you know, we're going back and forth, back and forth. Now we just dropped the strap to Josh, and Wes is super happy. He's got a, he can't stop smiling. He's, uh, but you know, let's give the people something. I got it in me. I don't mind going ten minutes in the ring, hardcore with uh, West. Sign it up, John Thorne. <laughs> You're the promoter. You're the owner of the company. Put us in a match.
0: I don't mind. You want to rip out some of that curly hair he's got. I'll do something, Daddy. <laughs> he's oh, young,
1: God. he's strong, but you know what I mean. I'm not gonna back down from him. Uh uh, uh I guarantee he's gonna be entertaining whatever we do, whatever we figure out. Who do you think who do
2: you think was tougher, Wes Barkley or Beulah McGillicuddy? Beulah. <laughs> That's a quick answer. <laughs> yeah.
0: Quick answer. Zero hesitation about that. Uh yeah, I mean you, you sit you sit around, you watch all the other matches too. Um have you have you taken notice of anybody at AIW
1: yeah there's a lot of good talent out there everybody's talented we can make us you guys can make a superstar out of anybody hey John Thor let me pick a couple of guys uh and let's see what I can do with them you want what do you what do you think i'll pick you give me anybody here's an example um Paul Heyman and and Vince McMahon, were talking on the phone. I know this because I was there. And Vince, uh, uh, Paul Heyman said, send me anybody down here that's not a big superstar, that's not getting over, and I'll make him a big superstar. Vince says, what? He says, yeah, pick anybody. So they sent Al Snow, who wasn't over big. And then he came to ECW, and, we gave, and Paul Heyman gave him the head gimmick, uh, and, and it got over. So I think I can do that. I so what I
2: you're saying is... Is you're going to call Vince McMahon, and Vince McMahon's going to send us five guys, and we're going to get him over.
1: No, I'm going to call <laughs> John Thorne and let John Thorne give me somebody, and I'm going to fucking make him a superstar.
0: You ready to take on some more guys uh, to add to your... Your clientele. Yeah, not because with Matthew I don't Justice. like
1: Matthew Justice. I can ride my career out with him. Believe me, I love being on top because he's a top guy. He's a winner just like me. But I'm saying pick one guy out that's a medium guy or a good <laughs> worker but hasn't had that main event experience and put us together, and let's see if I can back up what I'm saying.
0: Okay. All right. Okay. I like that.
2: I, I like, like it. it. Fon- Fonzie's, uh, you know, you're you're also you're a very company man in the fact that you you know you will pitch ideas and you will you know provide input which I like quite. Yeah, a bit.
1: ideas are free. I can say anything, and if you don't have, if you don't like it, you just say, well, I'm thinking about this way, Fonzie. But you know, if I think it's uh, ideas are free, we can
0: talk. Do you have anybody in mind as you that? The- I don't want to say
1: no. I want John Thorne to pick somebody okay. out.
0: Okay. Well, okay, but okay.
2: So we'll disregard that. But who you watch? I think what Steve is getting at is you watch other parts of the show and things like that. Like, who are some people that you you know think have some star power? Or you, you know, you I'm enjoy watching. A's, I'm going to name
1: one that I like. I don't know all these guys' names because I've had a bunch of concussions and it's you can, hard you for me. That's why I say everybody. Hey, Daddy, and say so, you know, uh, <laughs> I like that kid Zach.
2: Zach Thomas. Zach Thomas? Yeah,
1: he's badass. He's got potential. He's medium build. I think I can make him into a little Taz. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm right. going to have him stop talking. I'm going to do all his promos for him. I'm going to give him some new stuff to do and, and train him a little bit and get his head right. And I guarantee you, I'll make that kid a star. We'll be main event anywhere.
0: Okay. Well. Yeah,
2: he does. He has a lot of talent. You know, I yeah I like that, You know, like you know, and Zach is a person that you know. There's always you know. There's just he's he's right on the cusp. You know, sort sort of thing.
1: I think he needs me. Yeah, he's I think too- it would make a good uh, fucking uh, deal. Can I cuss on this show? Yeah, you can say whatever you Fuck, want. Fuck, sorry, daddy. All right. Uh, I think I would compliment him. I think I would get him, make him rise to the next level. He's got it. He just needs some. Uh, he, he just needs to come out a little more.
2: No, I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah. So
1: are you gonna give him to me?
2: Well, I don't know about that. You know, we don't <laughs> got no shows. On, we don't got no shows on the
1: oh, docket officially. Right? You, Damn know? It. you know. You know, virus is fucking everything up for everybody.
0: Let me ask you this: because you've been with Matthew Justice for over a year now, do you think that he should be on a bigger stage, or do you think that? this style i think this you ECW would fit in styles. maybe an
1: aw okay vince doesn't like that hardcore i mean if he signed a deal with vince vince to tell him loosen up you don't have to do all that stuff here but yeah. that's his gimmick that's what got him over you know that's he's a beloved character when you talk about matthew justice you talk about a hardcore match every freaking time daddy he does not hold back uh vince wants longevity out of those guys they don't want them to get hurt you know vince wants them to be around five years vince says it takes two years to get somebody over on his network and that's about but that was in the old days now they rush it up a little they they they, uh cram it down your throat a little bit but back in the day two years and then they're superstars
0: do you think do you think a guy still gets uh like do you still think that that's true having been having watched the independents a little bit more now do you think that someone getting over? Do you think that sometimes it exists where somebody just still has it, if that makes sense? What was that question? Do you think it does? Do people still have it, like that it factor, or it. or is getting over have to be manufactured?
1: No, you got to have that it factor. There's no doubt about. it. If you don't got it, I don't care what the companies do for you. You're not going to get over. Well, let me take that back. Look at Lex Luger. Okay, he had the X. He had the, he had the look, he had the body, beautiful, athletic, football, background, bodybuilder, all that. But he never was a great polished worker. Mm-hmm. But he, he did get over that Lex Express and they pushed him. And, you know, a good example. Yeah. And I like Lex. I'm not talking him down about Lex at all. He's no, like I get what you're saying. I love Lex. He's one of my dear friends. I see him at the conventions and stuff. Uh, and I go talk to him every time. But he wasn't. But my whole thing is, well, he wasn't a polished worker, and he got over.
2: Uh, you know, I, I we probably talked about this on the last time, but you brought up, you brought up Lex Luger. You know, you were you were the referee for that infamous Bruiser Brody Lex Luger match. Do you, what what memories do you have of that? You,
1: That's one of the big questions I get when I can do these conventions and autograph things and whatever, and I get to mingle with the people. The two questions I get asked the most about uh, about the bula match and about what what was my opinion, what happened with the Lex Luger, uh, Bruiser Brody. And I can close my eyes and watch that match in my head and see it to this day because I've been reminded of it since I get, that had to be 82, 83. It might've been 84, those three years, it was back then. So that was a long time ago, but I can close my eyes. It was a bad booking. It was a bad booking. Lex Luger had been in the business about a year. They were grooming him. They loved him. He had that great body. They were hand-picking his opponents, guys that can work their ass off and make him look great. And then they put him into a cage with Bruce Brody, uh, Mr. Intimidator. He's a badass, for real. And uh, there was no Booker there. There was no, um, like Eddie Graham wasn't there. Dusty was off that night. And it was just being ran by the guys and me. And uh it didn't go well. It was, no, it was it a bad book. it did not go well, no.
2: Did you did you work with Brody a lot or just a couple times?
1: No, I worked with him quite a bit. Uh, uh I met him in Texas when I was out there in seventy eight. He was working for Fritz von Erich. That's where I broke into business, spent uh my time on the road trying to break into business, and I got in 1980, and then work with him periodically. I've been to Puerto Rico, worked for Carlos Colon, and Brody was big there. Obviously, he got killed there. That was a shame. Damn, that was bad. Uh,
0: but yeah, I got a chance to work with him. Do you, he's such, a, he's such a. Uh, I mean that that his prolific and figure. Folklore. Would you say that a prolific yeah, figure? Yeah, okay. yeah. that's a good word. Do you think is there anybody? Like Will him, there, no? Yeah, yeah. Will there ever Those be? Those guys, no.
1: What? Now, the company's now, it's ran. You, when you go work for Vince and sign a contract, you better read between the lines because you can't do this, you can't do that. You got to walk that line. Nope.
0: It's Vince's way or the highway. Can somebody be a bruiser, Brody type, you think, through like an AEW or like this impact? Or just or
2: working like independence. Or, do, yeah. you think, do you think that it's possible... You know, for somebody to develop that sort of aura again.
1: I don't know if we could develop another guy like that. I can't think of another guy that we could possibly substitute and put in there as Bruiser Brody that's active now or uh, been around him. Uh, Was he an intimidating
2: guy to be around even when you were in the business?
1: No, he was pretty cool. To to me, um, he was real cool. Uh, You remember, I was neutral. I was the referee, so... uh, and in the office and you know how I take care of the guys when they come in all your special guests and shit I go put them over and stuff Uh, what was the question John Thorn
2: (laughs) (laughs) Was was, was he intimidating at all to be around you know
1: I think it was intimidating in the ring to young guys but to like Stan Hansen or guys like that that he worked with in Japan and all that no intimidation but like if he put him in there with Matthew Justice or something intimidating yes and but not, but not to as He could hold his own But But,
2: uh, but like not Like he wasn't like a, You know Intimidating you In the back Or no, you know like. Not
1: at all Not one bit He was very cool
2: I was, you know, I was just interested. I, I couldn't remember if I asked you that question about the the Luger thing last time we we talked on this podcast. But
1: yeah, you bad, know, that's just- bad booking, and Luger didn't know how to handle the experience. You got to ha- know how to handle yourself in any situation. Now, I'm good at that, so I put myself in a situation. Whatever pops up, I work around it I work with it. Do the best I can to have a good outcome for everybody involved. And Luger did not have that experience, and he freaked out, and panicked, and. Um, Like I said, it was the office's fault that that happened. Bad booking. They shouldn't have booked that Well, like, and,
2: you know, speaking of booking, you know, you were somewhat involved with Dusty, correct? And, like, you kind of worked in the office a little bit.
1: I worked with Dusty hand-in-hand every night for years. Uh, I was assistant booker for Bob Roop in Florida. I was assistant booker to most of the guys that came in there, I've been through so many bookers in Florida, Michael Hayes, Dutch Mantell, Dusty, JJ Dillon, Kevin Sullivan, damn I can keep naming them, I can't come up with the names because I can't think of it right now, but uh, they always come to me, they always come to me and say what do you think Fonzie? Look, let me
0: ask you this, having because because AI Because of my experience
1: because yeah. I was there in Florida for so many years and they're a brand new booker coming in. They said, What do you think about this? And, you know with with your experience. I almost got in a fight with uh, Dory Funk Jr. one night. I'll tell you about that
2: in a <laughs> Well let's uh, just tell us
0: that. Tell, tell us, right. tell us So Dory
1: Funk was the booker and he's a little slow. You know, it's slow pace, I'm hyper. So we're doing <laughs> a spot show, which we only run once a year, maybe twice a year, I doubt twice a year. It's north of It was north of Jacksonville, Florida, and it was a spot show. It was at a high school gym. It was sold out, and um, Dory Funk couldn't come up with a finish for the main event. And he said, oh, let's just go 30-minute Broadway. I said, Junior, this is a spot show. Let's get the baby face over because we got a 250-mile drive back. We just drove to Miami last night. That's a 500-mile round trip. Why would you go 30 minute Broadway where we can just put the guy over? And we went back and forth and I got my way.
2: Can you explain a little bit of that? You know, because that's like a very old school thing. You know, what was your thought behind that?
1: My thought behind that was why make the guys bust their ass for 30 minutes when we can give them a 12, 15 minute match and be on the road and everybody's happy? And we're, you know, because we got to show the next. The next night
2: but was was that psychology of booking those towns was you're gonna go a 30-minute broadway because then you're gonna bring it back and pay it off
1: if that was the case if that was our normal uh if it was tuesday night at for homer the armory yes but at a spot show and you run once a year
2: you just give them a show and go home give them a
1: good show give them a show and make everybody happy and let's go Baby
2: faces close it out, Pretty over much. and go home. Pretty
1: much, it makes sense to me. But, yeah.
2: but when you guys would be traveling these towns, you know, you would do you would the whole booking process would be different, right? Instead of that's that's what I'm saying is, you know, when you're your towns that you're going to every week
1: are different. How- these spot shows, we can put uh, uh, five matches, one tag match, and four single matches, and go an hour and fifty minutes. Take a 15 minute intermission and everybody be happy as hell. Because remember, we did this every night, seven nights a week, 350, maybe 355 days a year. We were rarely off, rarely.
0: Yes. You know, there's
1: no down season. Baseball has seasonal, football seasonal, hockey seasonal, wrestling 24 7 back in the day, seven days a week.
2: Yeah, I I just find it interesting, kind of the, the when you know that when we did the car trip last last month or whatever. Yeah, that break- was
1: pretty cool. We were together. That reminded me of the old days.
2: Yeah, and like and we're you know cool. we were doing that five and a half hour drive together, and uh, you know you're breaking down all this different stuff. Like, well, this is how you would book it on the territory because you're coming back next Tuesday, so you're gonna you're gonna do this this this, and then you, you do that. I, I believe the way you explain it is you did that um, a similar show. In all the surrounding cities, and then you built to uh, you know the big show, you know at the armory or wh- wherever, you know is that kind of the how it worked? You would do a similar f- series of like the same kind of finish in Fort Lauderdale and Miami or Pretty wherever. Damn
1: similar because uh, remember we. Um there's no cable TV or anything. There's no cable, no internet. No, you do something now. We did a match last night. Wes put me through a fucking table, and that's and and uh, um, people are talking about. It's on the internet instantly. Instantly, they're talking about uh, Matthew Justice losing the belt last night. I mean, tell a wrestler, Telegraph.
2: But, and what you're saying is like, you know, you, since you guys were doing these loops, you would do almost the same show every night in a different city and then, what, at the end of the month or every six weeks or whatever, you would try to pull people in from all those different areas to one big show?
1: Yes, exactly, like the Bayfront Center or Lakeland Civic Center. Once a month, we would have a big show
0: somewhere. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it'd be like... That'd be a build up. yeah. So you So you would do, so you'd go to like... Let's say four different cities, and the venue would have maybe a thousand people, but it was the same show in all four different cities. And then you go and basically the, of, the same
1: show, yeah, no, yeah, but it's then very at the, similar, but then very similar bookings. Maybe not the so same then,
0: finishes, but so then at the end of the month, you go to a bigger arena so that fans from all four of those cities can come it. to it, yes, and they and, and they get that the blow Hague. off to all of that. And that's
2: like an arena, arena, so you're you know, yeah. you're pulling thousands, correct? Yeah.
0: Five thousand, six thousand, seven thousand people. Yeah, that's yeah. a great. I mean, what a great, 8, a great 10, concept. 000. Really, it's. Uh, I mean, it's when tiring. you in a territory
1: it's, and you're working every night in the same, you know, the state of Florida. Yeah, it gets pretty small.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let me. Uh, so, kind of back to the Lex Luger thing, because you said there was bad booking. He was in there too quickly, and with your experience, and I asked this because Aiw, we have a school where we. Uh, we work with guys and we try to create the AIW and future wrestling stars in general. I know everybody is different, but in 40 plus years, is there a sweet spot in a time frame where you think a worker finally just gets it and puts, can, can really start to put together.
1: Some of them get it quicker than others, you know? Uh, that's a, that's a good question but yeah some guys develop quicker you know you can see it in them and the, like you said earlier you can have that it factor too you know yeah then you give them push it's rare like one out of 50 guys might have that it that really good like the rock or you know sure. like Josh just won the belts last night he's got the it factor uh it's rare and when you see it you better grab it and roll with it
0: yeah, like it's not a lot of Brock Lesnar's rolling around out there. Right. Yeah, just Mammoth and all of it together. It's like you know because you're saying Lex Luger was only working what a year, year and a half at the time and about, about a year. And you and thought he had that had was picking
1: his opponents. Remember I mean, he wore the wife-beater, that little white T-shirt, yeah. and he'd rip it off and do the pose. He had a great body, but he couldn't work. Do you think? You
0: it's, do you think that a year, year and a half is usually too soon to? To to have somebody in, in certain positions?
1: I don't know. I guess it worked with Lex because he made a fortune.
0: Small yeah, fortune guess. in the
1: business. He was a big star all you know for WCW and WWF.
0: Uh as long as you can control what you know, what's going on, as long yeah. as you can hand pick, not like the Brody situation then. Kinda. Yeah.
1: You gotta be prepared for anything, you know? Yeah. God, Thor knows he runs this company.
0: Well and I just asked that too I'm you ready, guys. Fonzie. With with kids in the AIW Academy or, or people who listen to this that want to be wrestlers wherever and they sit there and think like, Oh, when's it gonna be my turn? When's gonna be my turn? That you know, look it it doesn't happen quickly like that for there's everybody. There's no place
1: for them. There's only so many spots. I asked John Thorne, I asked the owner of the company, hey, can I bring in uh, somebody from Florida, uh, my Brazilian giant I've been working with? I'll pay for his flight. I'll pay him. He said, look, Fonzie, we're not working a lot since March. It's a pandemic. I feel obligated to use my guys. I yeah. can't put one of my guys off the car to bring in the guy. And I understood that. It was pretty cool for John to say that. And it made perfect sense, you know? Uh, but my giant daddy it's all in timing man what's it with you and these giants always is always a giant i don't know i gave him a name he liked it <laughs> he had some name and it didn't sound right didn't fit him and he's from brazil and he's not really—he's not really actually a giant. He's only, you know, he's taller than me. He's about the size of Josh Bishop with a little more weight. So he's not a giant. But, so he's only like six four. Yeah, but I, I say, hey, you want to know why they call him a giant? Because he was that big when he was twelve years old. He was knocking grown men out when he was twelve years old. That's why they call him the Brazilian Giant Daddy. And he liked it. It fits. It's a good little gimmick for him. Yeah, I'm gonna bring him up here eventually.
0: Okay. All you right. You know, you guys will like him you think so
1: yeah he's badass and right. a good kid he's a, he, he wants to work hard he loves the business just like us and you know
0: we, we do love it we'll we'll wind this thing uh down here because we we got to get you to the airport fonzie oh yeah we love you having you almost
2: flight. missed your flight last month remember that
1: damn sure it did you
2: yeah. got there you got there you got there with 15 minutes to spare
0: luckily you caught a little delay yeah life is good to me <laughs> yeah we, we love having you here but unfortunately part of that means we gotta we gotta take you home sometimes <laughs> Uh, Thorn, any any uh, final thoughts, questions?
2: Well, you know, I would, I could sit here and I'd, I'd want to ask me about eight thousand ECW know, questions, know. you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, can we
1: do part two of this thing and ask? Uh, I I like this when you guys put me. On I'll the tell spot you what, Fonzie, you
2: know did what I mean? you know? So the commentator, uh, Matt Wadsworth, him and I used to go to ECW when you guys would come to Cleveland all the time. And I must have lost mine, but he was going through some boxes and stuff, and he found that uh, we must have, I, I must have met you when I was like fourteen years old because he had a ECW ticket stub from when we went and it was autographed by Fonzie. Isn't really? that crazy? Yeah.
1: That's pretty freaking cool, Daddy. That is yeah. really cool. How about you know, you know what happens a lot? I get people coming up to me. Uh, The one guy came up to me recently and he showed me a picture of me and this little kid about six years old. And it was him. Fuck, I couldn't believe it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. It's
0: crazy. Here's here's what I think we'll do, Fonz. The next time we have you on, we will... uh We'll reach out to our fans ahead of time. Oh, very! Cool. And we'll do like a Ask Fonzie anything episode. I'm a very Fonzie, I love yeah. talking. Yeah, so we'll fans. we'll have our fans. I way more
1: shit. With, I go to the merchandise table. I must have gave away 20 pictures last night and sold six. You know.
0: Yeah, but we'll have them through social media or email, whatever. We'll have them submit questions. Yeah. And very we'll cool. ask you the questions that they have, and uh, and we'll do that next time. Yeah. That'll and Maybe be fun. we're
1: talk about uh, you guys brought it up, not me. About uh, West, uh, he's badass, and we're gonna have something similar to the Beulah Fonzie match. Me and him, I feel it coming, Daddy. Something's gonna pop, you know. Yeah, but I gotta do something in AIW to earn my keep. I just signed a one-year
0: contract, Daddy. But you think that's gonna be easier because he's not as tough as Beulah. That's right. <laughs> all right Fonz final thought what's your you want to say uh, anything nice to the people that have been here for over a year now no, thanks fans? for all the good
1: support thanks for making the me love characterotomy character out me and uh, I appreciate you guys and anytime you guys ever see me anywhere at the arena backstage, wherever come up and talk to me
0: daddy there you go uh, so for Bill Fonzi Alfonso for AIW owner John Thorne my name is Steve Guy we'll talk to you next week right here on the card is going to change.